Thanks for tuning into the Gale Ventures podcast, coming to you from the Heinz Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Iona University. This podcast is for small business owners, innovators, side hustlers, and anyone who's experienced the challenges and rewards of being an entrepreneur. We talk about the good, the bad, mistakes made, and best practices for starting and running a small business. I'm your host, Rob Kistner, and today our guest is Giuliano Santucci, a former professional soccer player turned entrepreneur. After graduating from Iona, Giuliano was the first American goalkeeper to be signed to a first division Colombian team. After three years as a professional player, Giuliano decided to step back from professional soccer to pursue his entrepreneurial ventures full time. Giuliano is now inspiring youth athletes through GSS Sport Goalkeeper Academy and empowering brands through GSS Media Agency. Giuliano, how are you? Thanks so much for joining. Rob, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to see you again. Absolutely. So for everybody listening, Giuliano is actually a former student of mine. He was in my intro to entrepreneurship course in 2018. And I, I remember, you know, we used to chat after class about some of, you know, your business ideas. And it's really cool to see, you know, from just the initial idea to where you are now working with seven and eight figure companies in your media agency. Um, so it's, I feel lucky to have been sort of privy to that whole process from, from where you started until now. So thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm blessed to have you as a mentor as well throughout those years. I appreciate it. So, so I think to start off with, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about GSS Media Agency? Yeah, so GSS Media Agency is a creative marketing agency agency where we empower companies and um, personal brands as well to sort of like uplift them and you know help them in, in, in this world. Excellent. And so with GSS Media Agency, do you have a particular size of company, type of company or vertical that you focus on? Are you sort of open to, to any and all clients? Yeah, we're open to all clients. Like we don't discriminate whether you're a small client or whether you're seven or eight figure company. Like we wor work with them all. We, we obviously work with the same intensity whether you're paying us you know twenty thousand dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month it's, it doesn't make a difference for us like we just want to help that's interesting yeah and at some point during this episode i'd love to talk a little bit more about like the differences in the dynamic working with customers at the seven or eight figure level versus the brick and mortar but we'll, we'll definitely get into that but i'd love to hear more about um, gss sport goalkeeper academy as well because obviously gss media agency isn't your only business so why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah, so GSS Sport Goalkeeper Academy is a goalkeeper academy I started when I was actually 16 years old. Um, I used my credibility as a you know well-known soccer player here in Westchester to, you know, uh, work with younger goalkeepers at the time. So I was 16, working with 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old goalkeepers, and I was starting off with like 20, 20, 25 dollars an hour per session and you know obviously when I was in college it went to 40 45 50 wow um, and then when I signed well you know before during COVID during COVID at the time that's where the company really blew up in a sense and there was no soccer and I would be training in my backyard and I would post videos training with my closest friends and you know everyone started hitting DMing us for like sessions and we would charge $80 an hour to $100 an hour wow. and, and you know it grew there and we grew 120 clients throughout COVID and obviously things amazing. changed when I moved, but you know, now it's sort of up and running again. And that, that's amazing. And it's like, it was great that you saw the opportunity because, you know, parents with kids were like desperate to get them out of the house and doing something physical. And obviously with the social distancing thing, it was hard to do a lot of the activities that they would normally do. So it was great that you saw that opportunity to really flourish. And funny enough, another former student uh, who's been a guest, Joanna Felici, um, she has an ice skating 
training business locally in Westchester. And she had the same thing. Like during COVID, she had her private clients just explode because, you know, it was something to get kids out of the house and get them moving. So it's awesome that you took advantage of that. And it's great to see that it kept going, that it didn't sort of fizzle out after lockdown ended and all that. So, um, so are you, uh, so do you have people working for you in GSS Goalkeeper Academy? Yeah, now? now we have over like 10 coaches that wow. work, work with us, um, like here in New Rochelle, in the city, wherever. Like we're trying to expand little by little. Amazing. Um, we went to Atlanta, actually. We hosted our first camp there, and it was a great success. So, you know, the, the marketing has really helped. I'm sure, and, and it's nice that you can, you know, take what you learn and apply in your media agency to your other oh, business. So sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. You know, you're an alum from Iona. You played on the Iona soccer team. Um, and when you graduated, you know, you were signed to a professional team. Like, what was that transition like going from college soccer to professional soccer? It was at first easy because I okay. was like, oh, I'm going to live my dream and I accomplished it. I saw my first deal. But, you know, throughout time, you realize you're alone, right? In college, you have your best, closest friends near you. You're going to class with them. You're going hanging out. You're going to practice. You know, you live with them, you go out and you party and you make memories mm -hmm. and you're close to your family, especially here in Iowa. I was only 40 minutes away from my home and moving completely to a different country, different language, different culture was very difficult. Plus, I went through, you know, a lot of obstacles at the time and, you know, it made me who I am today, Sure, I guess you could say. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so you went completely on your own to Colombia. You didn't have anybody there with you. You just sort of packed your bags, got on a plane and landed in Colombia. Yeah. At first, my dad was there for the first two weeks. My okay. mom came to visit like one week, but at, at first it was like three months at a time or there were six months where I didn't see anyone. That's, that's so hard. I mean, I'm sure the dynamic of playing on a college team versus a professional team is very different and not having, you know, your support system, your friends, your community, your family with you must've been incredibly challenging. The hardest part for me being abroad in Colombia was not only the fact that I was a gringo or an American on a, on a foreign team, but they saw you like as if you were a millionaire already, right? Mm, wow. So plus they already knew I had a goalkeeper academy at the time. And they're like, oh, he has other income. So how can we take advantage of him? Or like, the, you know, people would ask you for cleats. They would take your gloves and they, they give it to their little cousins. And, hmm. you know, I, I dealt with a lot of that of like, oh, he has money. Let me see if he would invite me out for dinner. And, you know, the Colombia was so cheap at the time. It was you know, 10 bucks for two people. It was, it was, it was given. But, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of, I guess you could say, adversity, especially with trusting the closest people that it had to me. I have to imagine that must have been really frustrating. Like you, you, you were so invested in soccer and like really focused on the game when you were uh, playing for Iona. And then, you know, you have to leave your home, your family, your friends behind. And then this whole other dynamic is introduced that like, frankly, like pulled your head out of the game a little bit because you had to sort of figure out how to navigate those dynamics. That must have been really hard. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. And, and I mean, it teaches you a little bit about you know, how the world is, especially when you start making money, it's like everyone just wants to grab a little piece of you. And, you know, sometimes you just got to shut it out. Sure. And I'm sure in hindsight, it was a good learning experience, but I'm sure it wasn't fun to experience at the time. <laughs> it wasn't fun, but I'm glad I went through it. Sure. Absolutely. Makes you who you are today, like you said. So, um, so you played for three years and at some point, you know, you had your other businesses running on the side, like you were, you had started um, GSS Media Agency in conjunction while you were playing professionally, yes. right? So, so you have the Goalkeeper Academy, you have your media agency, you're doing those as sort of side hustles as you're playing professional. What was sort of the tipping point to switch, you know, from playing professionally to pursuing these entrepreneurial ventures full-time? The tipping point I feel was when 
you know, I got back from New York City FC and I wasn't making as much money as I wanted to as a professional soccer player. You know, I was living abroad for two, three years already. I came home and, you know, when I was abroad, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. I, you know, dealt with the passing of my grandfather, my, my, you know, my, como se primo hermanos, like my, my first cousin. And that was really hard for me. It's like you, you left home and things weren't the same when you came back. And I didn't want that again. I wanted to enjoy, you know, I missed a lot of birthdays. I missed a lot of holidays with my family. And I didn't want to miss, you know, these cherishable moments with the closest people to me because you never know when something's going to happen. And, you know, I wanted to create as many memories as possible with, with the closest people I had to me, the people I loved. And the transition was when I went to Uruguay and I went on vacation and I had off, they had offered me a contract to join Boston River, first division team in Uruguay. And I said, no, Wow. I showed up. I, I didn't even go to sign the contract. I got dropped off because I was like, do I want to feel trapped? Do I want to feel limited in a country where I know limit? I know I don't I don't know too many people, and I have to start my life over again, or I have to live with a suitcase under my bed just in case I have to travel. And I didn't want that for myself. I don't. I wanted to spend time with the people I loved. I know that my grandmothers. I'm really close to them. You know, their time is coming up, and you know, let me just enjoy my my time with my family and. And from there, I sort of adapted to the lifestyle I wanted to live. And, you know, when I came back to play for New York City FC 2, the income I was making from soccer was like peanuts compared to my marketing agency. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, am I here to live my dream where, you know, I'm dealing with all these obstacles and now it doesn't even feel like a dream. It feels like a nightmare. Wow. Or should I just, you know, focus on my entrepreneurial career where I have no limit? Yeah, it's 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 um there's like so much to unpack in that. Like on one on one end, like being away, being in Colombia, and and for that period of two or three years, like made you realize that that lifestyle was not one that you wanted to live, and you turned to entrepreneurship to really enable the lifestyle that you wanted to live. And that's I think one of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur is it lets you take a step back and really look at what you want to, how you want to be using your time and the lifestyle you want to live. And if you have the drive to pursue a good idea, you can really enable that. But there's something else that's sort of like a little unrelated to entrepreneurship, which is like you invested so much of your youth in becoming a professional player, then you have the opportunity to fulfill that dream and it doesn't quite meet your expectations of it. And that must've been really hard to make that final decision to say no in Uruguay. I mean, was that was that something you struggled with or was at that point your mind kind of made up to, yeah, to walk I, away? I think for me, it was already three years or two and, or a year and a half coming where I was sort of unhappy playing. And, you know, I, I traveled, I moved literally six times in three years wow. to different cities just to play. And, you know, I think it was harder on my father and, and the people around me than me because I was the one going through it. No one really understood my emotions when I was like, hey, I don't feel like playing anymore. And everyone's like, no, you're not going to quit. Keep going. And it wasn't quitting. It was just realizing that I wasn't happy. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of depression with athletes and it's a big problem in today's world because there's a lot of pressure on them. And, Absolutely. you know, I realized what it was to go through that depression as an athlete and, you know, overcome that. And I realized that I had a bigger purpose in life other than just playing professional ball. Yeah. And it's, it takes, you know, life experience to understand that. I think a lot of people go through that. And that's something you'll see regularly with successful entrepreneurs is like, if you ask them what they wanted to do when they were 10 years old, they wouldn't say, you know, run a media agency. It's a nonlinear path to get there. And it takes life experience doing different things to really figure out where you want to land. And, and arguably, I've had this conversation with other guests, like, I think the people that 
come into being business owners or go to pursue entrepreneurship after having a lot of different life experiences makes them really strong entrepreneurs because they've dealt with a lot of really hard situations. They have all these different soft skills that they've developed in terms of people dynamic or handling money or whatever the case may be, right? Like having all these different life experiences makes you a really strong entrepreneur. So I think while that experience was challenging, I think it's probably taught you perseverance and grit and, you know, the drive to, to pursue the things. And obviously you would have had those things as being a professional athlete, but applying them in a different lens. So, um, so you, you step back from playing soccer, you already had some clients signed with GSS media agency at that point. So when you went to flip the switch and say, I'm now pursuing this full time, like, what did you do? What, what was what was that transition like from having it be sort of a side hustle to a full-time thing? Yeah, so of course, when I was playing professional soccer and had the clients, I had to hire a lot of people because I didn't have as much time. I had a different focus in life at the time where soccer was number one, my business was number two. Sure. And, you know, I had to learn about what it was to deal with employees, how to lead a team. I wasn't the best leader. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I took a lot of risks and... At the same time, it's like those failures sort of, um, you know, taught me what I know now. But that transition was really tough to like, okay, now I don't play soccer. Let me let go of those employees and let me learn what, like, let me learn what it takes for my company to function. And I executed all that last year, which now this year is like, okay, now how can we hire a good team of like five to six people where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, personal, personal executive assistant, for the company, we want a full-time social media manager. We want a, an editor. So it's like, and then obviously sales and all that. We're trying mm -hmm. to automate that that system. But now it's like I've tried to do all, everything. So now, how can we implement and create a structure for our business? So that's really interesting. You started off in the beginning with the team just because you didn't have the time, um, and because your business wasn't your first priority, right? It you didn't really have the time to figure out like what are the roles for everybody and what's my leadership style. And I think it's really interesting that you got that sort of out of the way, like the the challenges of being a business owner and dealing with a team for the first time early versus like a lot of businesses start with a solopreneur, like they start their business on their own and they run for a couple of years as a solopreneur and then bring on a team and like their business is established and all of a sudden they're running into problems because they haven't figured out how to build their team with their leadership style. You kind of got that out of the way early and then you step back and like performed all of the different roles in your business on your own to really understand them. And now you can build and manage a team the way that you know is best for your business. Yeah, and also you realize that the more money you invest into your business, the more money you can make because the more time you have, right, as a leader. So it's like, we already went through this obstacle where we made it all. And then last year was like, I'm not going to hire anyone. I'm going to learn so I can focus on that. And it went down. And I'm sure. like, okay, I know this year I took a little hit, but at the end of the year, we still stayed at zero. So I'm happy with that. Second year in business, and we're at zero. Excellent. And then it's like, okay, now this year, it's like, how can we project to, you know, three, four, five, six, ten times that income of the first year? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, you have to have the long game in mind, right? Like it was worth it for you to take the hit take a step back, really figure out your business operations and what you can let go of so that when you bring people on and invest money in your business, you're doing it the right way and it will pay dividends in the long run. Yeah, and I think a lot of young entrepreneurs are scared of that. Like we made so much money last year, but you know, 
how can you step back and just look at your company and be like, how can we make even more money? Maybe you have to lose some, right? And I was never afraid to lose money or let go or hire people. Like now we're going to invest a big chunk of change into into individuals, right? Because we're a service-based industry. So again, it's not, it's having the balls to just let go and here you go. But you know, yeah. it's hard to do though. It's hard. You know, no one cares about your business more than you, right? Like you created this from the ground up with your own blood, sweat, and tears while you were playing professional soccer, right? So no one cares about it as much as you. So like, has that been hard for you to get in the mindset of like letting go of certain responsibilities? Uh, I think I'm going through it now. Like, okay. of course, it's a, it's a big challenge of mine. It's, it's something that I've done, but I haven't done to this point of like hiring an executive, mm -hmm. someone that's basically like a CEO. Like I want a CEO, COO, right? Yep. Um, I want to I want to teach somebody to work side to side and and you know teach them everything I've learned and and take on the the company. But again, it's not easy. It's not easy to let go and be like, oh, here's X amount for a salary per year. Like that's something that I could be using for my own personal benefit. Sure. But in order to grow, I know that this year I might have to end at zero again in order to really boost the business for the for the following years to come. Absolutely, yeah. And and you know, there's always growing pains with bringing in people and establishing team dynamic, but you, at least you now have a very clear understanding of your operation and you know the roles that you need to fill. Exactly. And also the leadership style that you wanna have, which that's not easy to learn. Uh, it takes it takes making some experience, mistakes to figure yeah. that out and experience, right? So, so, you know, with both GSS Media Agency and GSS Sport Goalkeeper Academy, what have been some of your biggest challenges in business, in business so far? I think the biggest challenges we face is what's to come, right? Because what's to come is like, we're growing at a constant rate and we have a lot of momentum and it's like, what's new and how do we deal with it is always a new problem. And we're always adapting and solving it. And at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, that's all you can do is solve the problems, right? Absolutely. And, and the new problems are always the hardest problems because we've never gone through it again. You know, I'm only 24 years old and I'm, I'm only looking to hire people that are young as well so we can build the company. And it's like, you know, you, go to, you can go to your mentors and your consultants about, you know, how to deal with the problems. And, you know, that's why they're there. It's like how to help guide you in that that way. Your decision-making is so hard as a business owner. It's so easy to like fall into analysis paralysis, right? Yeah. Well, I could do this or I could do that or I could do this. And then you end up doing nothing, right? Especially where we're at right now with, the speed at which technology is moving with generative AI, like we don't know what's gonna be happening a year from now. So how do you know how to make those decisions? And it's having conversations with smart people, surrounding yourself with people in the industry and just going on your instinct and what you've learned to make those decisions. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a very real challenge. <laughs> it is, and, and it's like, it goes back to like your network is your net worth. Yep. It's like who you have around you is gonna really propel your your I guess your companies or your mission. Well, I think that that goes for like anything, whether you're an entrepreneur or you wanna be a writer, or you wanna be a filmmaker, or you wanna be a musician. It's like surround yourself with people who are better at it than you, Yeah. right? Like you, you always wanna be with people who are smarter, better, faster, make more money. Like that, they're the ones that are the best in the industry and there's always something to learn. So like you said, your network is your yeah, network. Yeah, and, and, and I've, I've realized that as a young person or a young entrepreneur and being surrounded by that world and people that want to become that, sometimes they try to be the biggest shark in the room where they don't understand the value of being the smallest shark in the room and just listening. Yep. Just listening and taking in information. There's there's moments in, in, in my life and, and events where I go to and I know I'm the smallest fish in the room 
and I just observe everything going on around me and I take it in. And those are the days where I learn more than what I've learned in college. I think that's really profound. And actually there's a clip floating around of Simon Sinek talking about that, where like he will be the last person to speak. Let everybody speak, hear what they have to say, formulate his own thoughts. Because I think for one, you know, being a fly on the wall in a scenario like you were talking about where you're the small fish in the room, there's a lot to learn just from listening. But as a leader, being the last person to speak communicates that everybody's thoughts, everybody's opinion is valuable, right? You're not saying what you have to say and then getting feedback on that. You wanna hear everybody's uh, uninfluenced opinion. And then once you've heard all that, you inject your yeah. thoughts, opinions. So I think that's really profound as a leadership style. If I find that Simon Sinek clip, I'll throw uh, I'll throw it in the show notes for anybody that's interested in watching, but it's a, it's a great clip. And a, a lot of his stuff is great on yeah. that same wavelength, so. Um, Awesome. So uh, changing gears a little bit, like I've had uh, uh, Federico Russo, who's another former Iona student who is a soccer player. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, the skills that he built as a soccer player and how that's contributed to his entrepreneurial ventures. Do you feel that like your skills as a soccer player parlay into being a business owner? Like, how do you say they relate? Yeah, I talked to Federico in Miami and he's a good friend of mine. And you know, we, we talked about starting his business. Yep. Um, you know, I also helped him as well, and mm -hmm. he helped me as well throughout my, my journey. Um, and I think that just taking in the discipline and the respect to the game, but implementing it into your business, like taking in the fact that you have to say no when you want to go out, or instead of going out because you have a game tomorrow, it's like, oh, no, I'm going to say no because I need to, instead of spending money on drinks, you're going to spend it on your business, right? And I feel like as a young male it's super hard to do it's like you have all these distractions going on around you especially in the college world and in the professional world especially as a professional athlete and you're just like no 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 because i have work to do in the morning and before practice or after practice or i have to talk i have meetings and you know I, I said no a lot of times and it sucks sometimes right but i feel like also as a entrepreneur you get to have control of how much money you make. So when you say no, you make more and you could do more things like travel and spend it where you want to spend it and create your own lifestyle. Yeah, I think like I'm I'm going to I'm going to interpret that, but I what I think is really key about that is like you have the vision beyond what's happening here and now. Because if you're impulsive and say like, "Oh, I have a game tomorrow, but I really want to go out right now," then you're going to go out. But if you have the vision to say like going out right now is gonna impact something a day or two or a week or a month from now, that's where you make better decisions. So that level of discipline and being able to see the big picture uh, really makes for great entrepreneurs. And I think you know being a good business owner requires a certain level of discipline and commitment, right? And don't get so. me wrong, I've made really impulsive decisions. Like I went to the World Cup last second, you know, that was good. A couple, <laughs> couple grand down, but it wasn't, it was, th these are like, at the same time, it's like I have a constant battle because I'm so young. It's like, do I want to create more memories or do I have to say no and like just stay in my room and just work, right? Because the more time I spent working, the more money I make, right? The more I could put my brain into my business, the more it, it, it excels. But sometimes you're so young and you're like, I don't want to miss out on, on certain things. And like now I have to sort of balance that. And, and you know, it comes with learning experience. It comes with, with time as well. And, and look, you're entitled to be impulsive once in a while. You're entitled to have fun. But I think... You know, the discipline you built, uh, you know, the idea of having a practice regimen and having systems in which to develop skills and get things done as a, a professional athlete, 
certainly makes you a great business owner. We see the same thing with um, uh, military connected entrepreneurs, people yeah. who are veterans, you know, they, they see the mission, they rely on their team. Those are great attributes that make people great business owners. So I think there's a lot to carry over from being an athlete to being a business owner. So, you know, I think as we're sort of winding down on time, you know, what would you say is like one or two of your biggest pieces of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs or aspiring business owners? I think not giving a shit about what other people what other people have to say about you because everyone's going to think you're crazy until you've made it that's number one mm -hmm. number two is just taking action yep. just having the guts to go forward and not being afraid of spending money here spending money there like you're going to spend money you're going to lose money mm -hmm. you're going to lose time you're going to make mistakes that's all part of the process you're one mistake away from you know achieving your goal right from signing that big client like it takes a lot of mistakes to learn but the more mistakes you make the the better you're going to be, the less mistakes you're going to make in the future. And especially as a young entrepreneur, understanding that, you know, you might get gypped here, you might spend money, but you're going to have to learn somewhere or form like YouTube and Google is like the biggest tool that exists. Like you can, you don't have to go to college, especially now, like a lot of people are like, should I go to college or should I try to, you know, um, you know, just take on my entrepreneurial career. And I'm like, the good thing about college is that you'll have a network of professors that can teach you and guide you right it does cost money if you don't have the, the, the means to do so but you have a network when you graduate you have the opportunity to also get a job right mm -hmm. the worst case scenario as an entrepreneur and going to college is that you fall back on a nine-to-five job absolutely and you have already eighty thousand dollars in the bank there's nothing wrong with that absolutely right? and that's why i don't fear anything if i end at zero at 30 years old, I can always just get a full-time job. And with my experience, it's going to be an executive job. It's not going to be a whatever job, yeah. right? But now it's like, if you don't take that route and you go to entrepreneur career, you're going to have to learn everything on your own. You're going to have to meet the people on your own. And, and it's tough, but you know, there, you see many examples of entrepreneurs that haven't gone to college. So I think either pathway works yeah. um, just as long as you get to network with the right people. Yeah, I think having something to fall back on, whether it's the four-year education or if you worked in a job for a really long time and you're gonna take the risk and step away from it to try and start your business. At least you have those skills and that work history to fall back on. I think it's really important to have that plan B just in case because with you know many, many businesses, they start and fail. That's just how it is. And those failures are great learning experiences and those people often go on to start successful businesses, but you always wanna have that that plan B. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's great advice. And I think, you know, about the just take action, you know, uh, so many of my previous guests, you just have to show up. You have to show up. You have to treat being a business owner or trying to launch a product or trying to start your service like brushing your teeth. You need to set a cadence, even if it's a small goal every day and just show up and do it because you're not gonna have those opportunities to fail unless you start, right? So you just have to show up. Exactly, you know? and I think like not afraid of taking risks, like I said, like yeah. spending money here, spending money there, you're gonna do it. And don't don't focus on the small, on the quick profit, focus on the long-term goal. Because a lot of things, I think a lot of younger entrepreneurs, they try to focus on like, oh, I'm gonna profit a thousand dollars, I'm gonna profit a thousand, no. How can I just keep my company growing? Yep. Don't worry about the small profit because at the at the end of the day, the big sharks, the big opportunities are going to come and boom, you land your first six-figure client, seven-figure client. That's coming next. Amazing. Well, um, where can listeners find you online if they want to connect with you? Yeah, definitely Instagram, like Giuliano Santucci, uh, Giuliano underscore Santucci. 
um definitely i'm really open on instagram like feel free to dm me uh, ask me any questions uh linkedin as well giuliano santucci perfect but i mean our generation is more so instagram so you know feel free to follow follow the journey uh, we're going to be posting a lot more content like this podcast coming up this year. Amazing. So I'll put all the links to your company websites, to your Instagram, to your LinkedIn in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Giuliano, definitely do so. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes. And if you really like this episode, we would greatly appreciate it if you shared it with a friend or colleague. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. It would greatly help us out. Thanks for tuning into the Gale Ventures podcast. Keep getting out there and doing the work and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Giuliano. Thank you, Rob.